0: it's good to see y'all here this morning and uh i know it's awful messy and everything outside but uh, at least it's dry in here uh maybe one of these sundays we'll get our people back in here i've still got a number of people out sick uh martha and jb and them are doing a whole lot better they are home jb's been released from the hospital uh He had pneumonia, and they said it was a slight touch. They didn't call it COVID-19, but they called it a COVID pneumonia. But he's tested clear. He's doing good. Martha's tested clear, doing good. Tim has been tested. He's doing good. And everybody, it's uh, all negative. So uh, and I had Betty Luna. Most of y'all know her. Y'all, she has been about a year since she's been here. She's had so many problems. But come to find out, she called me and said, Bill, please pray. I was tested with COVID. Uh, I said, Betty, where did you get COVID? You hadn't even been out of the house. And she says, well, you know, she's got a granddaughter living there and grandkids and this and that. And uh, But she says, you know, the doctor said with all the antibiotics and the different things I've been on, that it looks like I'm in a healing process. And I said, okay. So I had prayer with Betty on the telephone. And I've had prayer with a number of people on the telephone. I can't really get out and see them, but I can still talk to them. I can still pray with them. And uh, I try to keep a check on the people. And... Uh, So, y'all just keep the church in prayer that we'll get everybody back. I think Jerry Bowen had his first shot of the vaccination for COVID. And uh, Linda, I don't know if she's had hers yet or not. She had it too? Okay. And uh, I knew that they were both working on getting this done. I know they want to get back, but you know, Jerry's condition, he's in, all of you know it, he's in his last stages of COPD, and uh, he cannot afford to uh, get this COVID. So they've really been trying to protect themselves. They're hoping that these shots will do something. I hope they do. I was offered one, but I didn't take it. didn't feel good about it, so I didn't take it. And it's, it's uh, coming up at the Hazel Hospital. They called me and said, Ben, you're one of the chaplains, and you're here. We would like to offer it to you if you would like to have one. So I never have responded to them, but I really don't feel like this is something I'm going to do. Uh, they don't know enough about this yet. There's still a lot of things. They said that some people have reactions, that some people things happen, uh, this and that. And uh, I'm going to trust God. And uh, if it's my time, it's my time. So, But anyway, uh, I want to thank y'all for being here. I want to thank y'all for supporting the church. Y'all been very good about this. We've been able to Pay the bills. So thank y'all very much for your faithfulness. And uh, <clears throat> so I just want y'all to know that uh, I've been in a lot of prayer. And uh, this time, different things going on. The things happening. uh That's one reason I did this sermon today. We need to put our faith, our hope, our trust in God. God's going to take care of us. He's going to take care of His people. He's going to take care of the Christian. He's going to take care of His people in in Israel. If we love God, if we are a believer and we have accepted Jesus Christ... That is one of the requirements for being under God's protection is to be a believer. Accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. God's hedge of protection is around you and it is upon you. And y'all gonna see where I'm gonna go here in a minute. Uh I guess really in this time that's been going on, you've probably been hearing a whole lot about a scripture. I see it posted all the time. I've heard pastors talk about it. (coughs) And I got to looking at it. I got to looking at it. And what it's actually saying, and it is God talking to His people. And I'll tell you what the scripture is. I'm not going to start there right now. But it is 2 Chronicles 7.14. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray, seek my face, and turn from your wicked ways, then I will hear you from heaven and I will heal your land. This is very clear. God's telling us what We must do in order for Him to watch over us, to be His children, to come under His protection. We cannot walk and be and think like the world and be under God's hedge of protection. Think about it who is the God of this world? It's Satan. And we know that the Bible tells us over in John 10.10 10, that, that, that Satan comes but to steal, to kill, and to destroy. That is Satan's job. And I think right now that Satan is really, really out on a rampage because even like the Bible says, he says, down here, earth be aware. For Satan is coming down to you, and he is full of violence and hate, because he simply knows he has a short time. This was God's words, Revelation chapter twelve. That is when it's, it talks about Satan being at war with God and the angels in heaven, and God kicking them out. He says, "Whoa!" Or oh, be on guard because you're fixing to catch. Satan was kicked out of heaven. He is on a rampage. And God says that he knows that he has but a short time. So he's got to get done in a short time and it's getting worse and worse and worse. So the time as we can see this is getting shorter and shorter and shorter before Jesus Christ comes back. And... Uh, This scripture that I just talked to you about and quoted to you, uh, God gave that to Israel many years ago. You say, well, He gave it to Israel. Does it apply to us? Yes, it does. In the Bible, God states, for now there is no difference between the Gentile and the Jew. I love you as much as I love my Jewish people. Gentile, what's a Gentile? The Jews said a Gentile is anybody that's not a Jew. That's us. We're Gentiles. We were grafted in to worship God and for God to love us when Israel rejected Jesus Christ. The Jews rejected Jesus, the one they was looking for to come. And the Gentile accepted it. And Jesus grafted us in to love us just like He did the Jew. So if you love the Lord Jesus Christ, you've accepted Him as your Lord and Savior, you believe in God, you have the same rights. You are now also a child of Abraham. You're under the Abraham Covenant. We are under a covenant. You know, there's two covenants. The old... Well, there's more than two, but But we're looking at the New Covenant and the Old Covenant. We're right now. We're under a New Covenant.
1: We're not under the law
0: anymore. We're under grace, under God's grace, because we couldn't live by ten little lines of words that's why we're in the predicament we're in now. If we could have followed the Ten Commandments, we wouldn't have any of these problems going on. But we couldn't do it. So God says, being as you can't live by my word, I'm going to send you my son who will die for you. If you will receive him, I will forgive your sins, and you will come under my love and my protection. You'll come under my grace. So that's where we're at now. We're under the grace and not the law. But here, as I look back, and God's telling the Israelites something here. Solomon, who was the son of David, was to build a temple. Well, David thought he was going to build it. But God said, no, David, You're a man with too much blood on your hands. Your son Solomon will build the temple. Now Solomon was building this temple. And that's where we're going to start at is uh, for seven years, Israel built the temple. They was building this house of God. It took them seven years to complete this temple. And now... The temple is completed and it's time for Solomon and the Israelites to dedicate this temple. They call it a house, a temple. Time for them to dedicate it to God. This is God's house. God designated He wanted a house. He wanted a place to reside. He wanted it in Israel with His people. So, They have gathered together and now Solomon is going to pray and he is going to to offer and present the temple to God. You know, Solomon, they built a kind of a pedestal, a platform for Solomon to get on to rise him up where the people could see him as he prayed and dedicated the temple. When Solomon was praying, he was on his knees. They said his hands were lifted up. His hands was lifted up. His eyes were on the heavens as he prayed to his God. You know, you see us in here lifting our hands, praying to God. That was all the way back in the Old Testament. Lifting your hands, lift up. You know, some but one day I heard a story about why why do you lift your hands up? Why do you lift your hands up? And this one guy said, you ever seen a child? He sees his daddy walking up home. He runs out in the yard. He throws those arms up. He's, what's he saying? Daddy, I love you. Hold me. Caress me. Put your arms around me. That's what we're saying when we lift our hands up to God. Hold me, Father. Hold me. Hold me tight. There's nothing wrong with lifting your hands and asking God, to hold you. To touch your life. That's what Solomon was doing. He was on this pedestal. He had those hands lifted up. His eyes were on God. He was looking. He was saying, God, thank you for this opportunity to come into your presence. Let me ask you a question. When you come into God's presence, how many us thank him? Lord, thank you that I can come into your presence today. Thank you that I am in your house. Very few of us. Very few of us. I know that some mornings when I get here early, i generally the first one here, and I get the heat turned on, this and that. But many times when I come into this chapel, before I do anything, I come right here. I kneel at this altar. And I give thanks to God for this day. For what He's going to do. Lord, I'm expecting you to come into this place. I'm expecting you to meet needs. I'm expecting you to touch people. I'm expecting you, Lord. How many of you are expecting God to do something in your life? God says, I can do great things and more and abundant of all you think. Many times God says, you think too small. Nothing is impossible for me. You say, well God, I'd like to ask you something, but it's so big. God says nothing is too big for Him. You got a problem? God says, I can take care of it. You got a need? God says, I can take care of that need. I can do whatever you need to do. Who did God say he was? He said, I am. I am right now. I'm not, I might be, or someday I will be, but he said, I am now. He's here now. He is the great I am. In other words, he was saying, I am whatever you need when you need it. Don't put a limit on God as to what He can do in your life. Many of us do that. Oh, God, that's just too much to ask. I can see God just shaking His head. Oh, if you only knew what I could do for you. God wants to do things in your life. He wants to bless you. And Solomon knew this. He knew what a great God. Now see, in a minute, we're going to see where God came and visited Solomon again. God visited Solomon when he first was anointed to be king. He visited him in a dream. And he's coming back again, and he's visiting Solomon in a dream. And he's telling Solomon some things. Things we need to hear. Yes, Solomon was on the platform. He kneeled, he prayed to God, he offered his prayers to God. And during his prayer, he told God what the temple was for. It's to worship God, but he said there's some other things. He said it's a place for man to come and bring their sin offerings so that they might find a covering for their sins. You might find a covering. Notice it did not say forgiveness. Forgiveness hadn't come yet. Just a covering. Do y'all realize that the Israelites had to come once a year, every year, and offer a sacrifice for forgiveness of their sin? The time had not yet come for Jesus Christ to come and take them away once and for all. So it was just a covering. It just kind of covered over them. It took them out of God's sight. They were still there, but God didn't see them because of the covering of the sacrifice. And then... In part of Solomon's prayer, when he was praying to God, he says this, Lord, keep your eyes on this place continually. God, don't ever take your eyes off of this place. And when your people come here to pray, hear them from your dwelling place in heaven. Lord, when they pray, please open up your ears and hear their prayers. And when you hear, please forgive. You know, I think, I would pray this prayer for this church. Lord, keep your eyes on this place. And when my people pray, hear them and answer their prayers. They love you, Lord, and they're here to worship and serve you. In a way, that's a lot of times the way I'll pray. I pray for the church. I pray for God's presence to be in here. Now see, we're going to see where God's presence shows up here in a few minutes. The way God responded to Solomon's prayer when he had finished praying, God showed his approval of what Solomon said and what Solomon had done. What did God do? I would love to see this. I would love to see it. I'd love to see it right here in this church. It says, Fire came down from heaven and consumed all the burnt offerings and all the sacrifices that had been offered. God consumed them. He says, Yes, I will accept them. I will receive them. And He consumed Every sacrifice and every burnt offering. He took it. Then, the glory of God filled the temple. Woo! The glory of God filled the temple. This is the second time it's more in there more than this. This was the second time i seen where God's glory filled the temple. One time it filled the temple and smoke It filled it with smoke. It said that the priests couldn't even enter in to worship. The presence of God was so strong that even the priests could not enter into the temple because of the presence of God being so strong. It said they would enter in and they'd just fall out on the floor. It took away their strength. They could not even worship God because of His presence being so strong in Isaiah I don't even know if I gave that to David or not but I was thinking about this in Isaiah chapter 6 verse 4 we're talking about this it says and the temple filled with smoke the priest could not enter in the smoke represented God's presence his presence was so strong that they didn't even have the strength to stand before God. That song, I can only imagine. Will I be able to stand before Him? Will I be able to kneel? Will I be able to speak? What will I be able to do? I think we'll just be in such an awe that we won't do nothing but love Him and worship Him. That's what these priests were doing. They could not even hold a service. God took care of everything. Wouldn't that be great? The church filled with smoke and all of a sudden, God just starts speaking to every one of you. Oh, I'd love that. Y'all would have to listen to me. Just imagine... What would you, let me ask you a question. What, think it into your mind, what would you want God to say to you? Have you ever thought about that? If God would speak to you, what do you want God to say to you? What do you want God to tell you? Well, God already knows what he needs to tell you. But the thing about it is, when we listen, God speaks to us daily every time you open your Bible. Did you realize that? Every time God is speaking to us. And we just look at it like reading a magazine or something. And when we read that Bible, we need to concentrate on what we're reading, what the Word is saying, What does that word mean to me? Many times, God will have you read something and you say, wow, that's what I needed to hear. God knows what you need. Sometimes God will direct you and you don't even know it. When you open up that Bible, God's got a word for you. Maybe you're going through something. Maybe you need God's word. God just gave you his word and we don't pay attention to it. Oh, that's nice. God says, well, why don't you heed it? Why don't you do what I told you to do? And when that temple had filled with smoke, the people responded to God by bowing their faces to the ground and worshiping and praising God. And they were saying something as they was doing it. God is good and His mercy endures forever they experienced the presence of God. They had a meeting with God. God was in their midst. They felt God's presence there. Many, many lives were changed because of God's presence. Many lives are changed today. Many of your lives have been changed because you have been in the presence of God. You're not the same as you was. And some of us, I know my wife's thankful that I'm not the same as I used to be. But when God touches your life, something happens. Something happens when God touches your life. You become that new creation. Again, I love it. I, I quote it all the time. Second Corinthians 5.17 Therefore, if any man is in Christ, he becomes a new creation. All the old stuff in his life has passed away. Listen up! You have become a new creation in God. All your sins have been taken away. They are no more. God sees them no more. God has removed them all. And God does not, on top of that, God never remembers them again. He has freed you made you a new person in Him. When He does that, take advantage of it. Take advantage of it. That's what He wants you to do. Lord God, thank You for Your presence today. Thank You for making me that new creation in You. Thank You for forgiving my sins. Thank You for not remembering those terrible, terrible things I once did. Lord, You have set me free. You're free. You're not that person anymore that you was. And after those Israelites had worshipped God, saying God is good and His mercy endures forever, it says they offered God sacrifices. It wasn't just... A lamb it wasn't just a bullock, listen to what they offered God. they offered God twenty two thousand oxen a hundred and twenty thousand sheep. Now these were what they called peace offerings. they were the sack and then these sacrifices were cooked and the meat was given to the people. They sat down and feasted in the presence of God. And this feast lasted for eight days. They was in the presence of God for eight days. Worshipping, praising, thanking God. And sometimes we can't hardly stay here for 35 or 40 minutes. Those are eight days. Worshipping and loving God. When we let God take over, you know, I'll be honest with you. Sometimes I get up here and I lose track of time. God starts filling me with something to say. You're saying, Oh God, i got to get out of here in five minutes. I said, God, what do you want me to tell him?" If God's got something to say, we need to listen. We need to listen. That food's still going to be over there. And then you get over there, you got the presence of God with you, you can really enjoy it. And then, when the feast was over, this is where God comes into Solomon's presence once again. When the feast was over, they all returned to their homes. Solomon returned back to his palace. Remember, they weren't at the palace, they were at the temple. Solomon returned to his castle, his palace. It said, and 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 the people all returned home. Solomon returned to his palace. And he was so tired, he said, that Solomon went to bed. He just was so tired. God, he was exhausted from being in the presence of God. He was wore out. Sometimes that's what happens. I had an experience, I'll be real quick. I had an experience with God one time, and His presence just filled me so strong. You can ask Linda. We got home, I had to go to bed. I was so tired. I was wore out for being in the presence of God. And I went to bed. I went to sleep. I could have been in the presence of God and just been in the hall. and things going on in your body. I was so tired that I could not even hardly hold my eyes open. If I'm not mistaken, I think she drove home from church. That's what happens when God comes on you. They said that, that uh, Solomon went to bed and before he went to sleep, his mind was still on all the people, the rejoicing. But most of all, it was on the presence of God being there. It says that, that Solomon closed his eyes. And when he did, God visited Solomon in a dream. He'd been in God's presence, but God waited till he got Solomon alone. No disturbance, no interference. That's what God likes. He wants to get you alone. He wants to get you away from other people sometime where he can have you all to his self. He don't want no interference. He don't want the telephone ringing. He don't want the TV turned on. He don't want you doing other things. He said, I want your full attention. That's what he wanted with Solomon. Solomon, I want your full attention. And then God speaks to Solomon. Like I said, I know, he's, he's, he spoke more than once, but I know this is the second time. Once when he first began to be king, and then now when he dedicates the temple to God. And here in 2 Chronicles chapter 7, verse 12, it says, And the Lord appeared to Solomon by night, and said unto him, I have heard your prayer. Wouldn't you like for God to wake you up and say, hey, hey, Beverly, I heard your prayer, sweetheart. I heard your prayer. And I have chosen this place for myself as a house of sacrifice. I've chosen you. I've chosen you. I've chosen where you are. And then here in 2 Chronicles chapter 7, verse 13. God is telling Solomon something because he's fixing to tell him something else in a minute. But he said, I'm going to tell you something, Solomon. If I do these things, you're still to love me, you're still to worship me, and you're still to come into my presence. He says, if, if, God did not say he's going to do it, he says, but if I do this, You're still to love me, to worship me, and to come into my presence. You're still to pray to me. He says, if I shut up heaven and there be no rain, or if I command locusts to devour the land, or if I send pestilence among my people, if I do this, this is like God is saying, I have allowed this to happen to you. But I need to get your attention. Sometimes God lets things happen to get our attention, to draw us to Him. When something goes wrong in your life, you should run to God, not away from Him. Run to the cross, not away from it. But come to God. That's what God wants you to do. Is come to me. And let me take care of the problem. We have done something in our life to cause God to draw us closer to Him because He needs to visit you. He needs to talk. Maybe He shut off the rain. Maybe He sent a bunch of grasshoppers to devour your garden. Maybe He sent a pestilence. Maybe... COVID-19 is getting our attention. God can take care of that. I've seen Him take care of a lot of COVID-19s. But sometimes God allows things to happen to get our attention. And as I was thinking about this, y'all remember 9-11? Sometimes I think that was to get America's attention now what happened we know that the planes crashed into the the towers brought them down many people got scared many people ran to God for a while we woke up we woke up the churches were full people were standing outside the doors trying to get in Boy, wouldn't that be terrible, people having to sit outside trying to get in? That's what was going on in New York. People trying to get into the church. And it went on for a while. But then, what happened? After things kind of calmed down, so many of them returned back to the world. Oh, well, I guess this was just... Uh, misunderstanding, I guess I just thought this was wrong. I'll go back to where I was instead of staying with God. Sometimes that's why God has to do some of the things He does. To draw us to Him. Remember, that's what He had to do to Israel. Israel. Disobedient. Worshiping idols. Worshiping other gods. What did God do to them? He put them In other countries, they became slaves. They became workers. And then after they realized everything, they began to cry out to God. God, forgive us. Lord, bring us back. Lord, we'll never do this again. God brought them out of exile. He blessed them. And in a short period, they were doing the same thing again that they said, God, will never do that again. We've learned our lesson. How many of us have said that to God? How many of us have got into situations? God, if you'll just get me out of this situation, I'll never do this again. And it's no time. We're right back where we were doing the same thing that we told God, God, if you'll get me out of this, I'll never do it again. Why are we like that? Why are we like that when we got such a loving, godly Father that loves us more than anything? That He loved us enough that He let His Son die for you, for me. He let His Son die in our place. He let His Son go through all the pain and the torture and everything that we should have gone through for what we have done. We're flesh and we're blood. We have a spirit, but that flesh is warring against that spirit daily. The flesh says, I want to go back into the world and I want to do all this other stuff. The Spirit says, no. You need to serve God. So there's a war going on between the flesh and the Spirit. Who's going to win? That's your choice. You know who's going to win? The one you make the strongest. Is it your flesh or is it your Spirit? It's up to you. You've got that choice. The Spirit needs to overrule the flesh in order to walk with God. You know, like I was saying, even today, many of us out here are worshiping the gods of pleasure and immorality. morality. We're worshiping them. We see that God and the righteous people are openly ridiculed daily on TV, radio, and newspapers. Made fun of. Oh, look at them worshiping a so-called God. Look at them down. Look at them praying. That is so foolish. That is so dumb. You're being ridiculed by the world. But I want you to know one thing. God says... I will not be mocked. I will not be made fun of. When my wrath comes down, the world is going to know who did it. You stay with God, and God will stay with you. In Solomon's dream, God told Solomon something. He sees he, he, he told what the people must do to change things in their life. He said, Solomon, I want you to listen to me. This is what it's going to take for the people to get back into my presence and get back into my grace. There's going to be some changes made. You can't keep going on like you're going on. Changes are going to have to be made. Changes are going to be made today for us to really get into the presence of God. And this is the scripture I quoted to you a while ago. Second Chronicles seven fourteen. Now God is speaking to Solomon. God is telling Solomon this must take place in order for me to get back into your presence in order for me to hear your prayers, for, or in order for me to bless you. Solomon is listening to God. He's going, he, he, he just I, I can see Solomon right now. Come on, God. What is it you need to tell me? I need to tell the people. I need to tell the people. They need to know. And God's telling Solomon, if my people and today we can look at if my people, and I'm going to tell you right now, that is the believer in Jesus Christ. That is God's people. If my people, which are called by my name, are you called a Christian? You're being called by God's name? It says, if they will humble themselves and pray, seek my face and turn from their wicked ways or their sins that I will hear from heaven that's where God is right now he's in heaven we're praying to him and he's sitting in heaven he said I will hear from heaven and I will forgive their sin and I will heal their land now this is what God told Solomon that had to take place. Said, this is not an option, people. This is what God says has to happen. He said, well, I don't know. No, God's not giving you an option. He said, either you do this, forget it. Four things God said the people must do. Humble themselves, pray, seek his face, and turn from their wicked ways. And God said in his word, if you will do this, then I will do this. I will hear your prayers from heaven. From his throne in heaven, he will hear our prayers. I will forgive your sins. And I will heal your land. As we look at the history of Israel, there were many times they turned their back on God. Many times. They rebelled against His, His commandments. They began to worship other gods. You said, well, I don't worship other gods. I don't, I don't bow to any other god. Let me tell you something. Anything in your life that you put before God, Almighty is a god. That's what you're worshiping. You're worshiping that thing instead of God. And you know, the results are always going to be disastrous. When you don't put God first, we're in in big trouble. When a nation or a man forsakes God, God forsakes that man or that nation until they truly repent. God's going to always hear our prayers if we come to Him and truly, with all of our heart, repent and ask for forgiveness. And God knows whether you're true, whether you're faithful, whether you truly mean it or not. Many people say, well, I prayed and I prayed and I hadn't heard from God. I've asked them. Let me ask you a question. When you prayed to God, did you truly mean it in your heart? Or was you just praying? They kind of look at, well, but is it something you really wanted to do? Do you really want to forsake your sins? Do you really want God into your life? Do you really want God's presence with you? Or are you just saying that to make it sound good, thinking God's going to hear it? Oh, God will hear it, but He knows you're lying to Him. So He don't answer your prayer. You know, when Israel was in captivity in Babylon, Daniel... It said that that he went to pray. It said that he come in and he turned his face toward Jerusalem. In other words, he kneeled down and he was facing toward what he considered where God was. He turned his face toward Jerusalem and called on the Lord. And Daniel kind of prayed what, what Solomon prayed. Listen to this. We have sinned and committed iniquity we have done wickedly and have rebelled against you <coughs> even by departing from your precepts or your commands. We're not going to listen to you and from your judgments. Daniel's prayer was so similar to what Solomon prayed. Listen is what Solomon prayed in 2, Corinthians, excuse me, 2 Chronicles. So it'll come out. In 2 Chronicles 6.40. Solomon says, Now, my God, I beseech you, or I plead with you, let your eyes be open, let your ears hear the prayers that are made in this place. I pray that you listen and answer our prayers. And then God turns around and he answers Solomon. Have you ever had God to answer you? And God says, now my eyes will be open, my ears will be listening to your prayers that are offered in this place. God says, I'm going to hear you. If you're sincere, I'm going to hear you. Then the promise of God comes to Solomon. This is the promise that God makes to Solomon. Again, he looks at Solomon, he says, Solomon, if my people which are called by my name, shall humble themselves. Humble themselves to me. Get rid of all pride. Pride separates you from God. The Bible says, for God cannot stand pride. He hates it. Because it separates us from Him. Pride is saying, God, I don't need you. I can do it all myself. That's pride. And pray to me, Pray to God only. Nobody else. No idols. No other gods. But to God Almighty only. And seek my face. What does seeking God's face mean? That is what we call relationship. Seeking God's face is when you want to be very intimate with God. You want to get up there right next to God. You want to get your cheek right next to God. You want to put your arms around Him. Let's seek in His face. Him and Him only. Nobody else. And turn from your wicked and sinful ways. We all know what that is. Turning from our sins and our wicked ways. Then God says, when you do this... I will hear from heaven and I'll forgive your sin and I'll heal your land. This was God's direct words to Solomon. This is something you must do. It's something that we must do today in order to get God's presence back in our life. And then just a short while later, Solomon wrote in Proverbs twenty-eight, thirteen: He that seeks to hide his sins will not prosper. You try to conceal your sins and not confess them, you will not prosper. But whoever will confess and forsake the sins shall find mercy or they shall find God's forgiveness. So, God told us five things that we had to do. I've been saying four, but actually there's five. First, got to be a believer in Jesus Christ. Number one, be a believer in Jesus. Believe that Jesus is the Son of God. Believe He died for your sins. Believe He arose the third day. Now believe He's sitting at the right hand of God, interceding for you in heaven. Be humble. Remove all the pride in your life and trust God. Pray. When you pray, pray in faith. Believe it that God hears you and He will answer you. Seek God's face. Desire a close relationship with God. Seek God with all your heart, your mind, your soul, and your strength. That's what God wants. That's seeking God truly. Turn from your wicked ways, or in other words, if you've got sin in your life, repent and get rid of it. Because if we got sin in our life, God will not look. He says, For God cannot look upon sin. You have to get rid of it. It says, Then God will hear from heaven and forgive our sins. I'll ask the band to come up. But these things right here is something that God told us we must do. If you listen, you can understand why God said that we had to do these things. That's to get us back in a relationship with God, to get our sins forgiven, so that God can bless us. God cannot bless you if you have sin in your life. God wants to heal us. If you believe He can, He says, "Let it be. You know, when Jesus healed many people, He said something to them after he prayed over them, touched them said, go and let it be according to your faith. If you believe you're healed, you're healed. Do you have faith? Do you believe that God can heal you? I know He can. I've seen it happen too many times right here in this church. But we got to put God number one. He's got to be first in your life. When you put God first then everything else in your life falls into place. So I'm going to ask the band to play. If you've thought about anything that I have said, there's anything that God has said we must do, humble ourselves, pray with faith, seek his face. We need to do that in order for God to restore us back into the fellowship with Him. So I'm going to ask the band to play. If there's anything you need, if you need prayer, if you just need to come to the altar and say, Lord, a lot of the stuff that Brother Bill said, it's me. And I need to change. I need to get rid of some of this stuff. I need to get rid of all this stuff that you say that I need to get rid of. And ask God to forgive you, to remove this stuff, and to let you have a closer walk with Him, and may His blessings be upon you. So if there's anything that you need, we have an altar. I'm going to be down front, and I'll be glad to pray with you. So I'll ask the band to play, and if there's something you need, God says, my presence is in here today, and I will hear you. So if you need God's touch, come to Him.